Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, it's March, and that means we're still talking ACC football, and we're still recapping some other seasons that have happened. Uh, we got a few more of these to roll through. You want to do them all at one time? We are, because that's how we do. That's right. That's right. It's time to get through these. Let's just, just you know, like a Band-Aid, just rip it off, and... Speaking of yeah. ripping off band-aids, let's talk about North Carolina. Um, North Carolina, no Marquise Williams, Marquise. Yeah, they uh, they Cole were they Mitchell. were stuck they were stuck with Mitchell Trubisky. It turns out, Mitch um, actually. <laughs> well, at the time that he was playing there, he was Mitch, but now Mike he is Mitchell Trubisky, which you know we know how you feel about that. Mm, okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> moving good. on. So. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do these a little, a little bit abbreviated, um, you know, not as much in-depth analysis, but we're going to talk about how 2016 went and look forward to 2017. For each of these teams, with North Carolina, started out, I think, a little disappointing, a uh, 33-24 season opening loss to Georgia in the uh, Chick-fil-A kickoff game. It was going pretty well, and then they got exposed for the thing that we kind of knew anyways, the, not a great run defense. Um, really? Yeah, it turns out... The Tar Heels not super great on defense. They're, they they were improved. They improved on defense, but um, you know, not not the '85 Bears as I like to say. So, um, win at Illinois, win home, win at home against James Madison, where they gave up 28 points to the oh event, eventual FCS champs, mind you. Yeah, um, but you know, still and, an FCS school. True. And then last second wins at home against Pittsburgh and at Florida State. And it kind of looked like North Carolina was rolling at that point, Mark. Mike, I call you, holy hell, I just called you Mark. Uh, Mike, that's when they looked like they were rolling. Yeah, John. Uh, <laughs> they, then they lost by 31 points to Virginia Tech in a monsoon. That really is where the snag began. Then they won their next three, though. They beat your alma mater by four touchdowns. Then... Uh, before that, they won on the road at Miami. They beat Virginia, but then they stumbled into the finish with losses to Duke and NC State, which I will never forgive them for with the team that North Carolina had. Not pretty. Just not good. Yeah, uh, the Miami thing was a little surprising to me. I thought Miami might have an easier time with that one. It was not so. They caught the uh, classic post-Florida State Miami, which is just like like they replaced all the guys with, you know, 50% as good players. Um, right. It's like watching the longest yard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Georgia Tech game was kind of close for a little bit, and then the whole thing just fell apart for Georgia Tech, and UNC ran away with it. And then needing to win and kind of just keep themselves in the hunt for the Coastal Division title, uh, they lost to Duke on a Thursday night. And Club they going up w- on a Thursday. 
and they lost on Black Friday to barely bowl eligible NC State. So needed that to become bowl eligible. Yes, um, and then they lost in the Sun Bowl to Stanford, and they, you know, North Carolina kept finding like new and interesting ways to lose these games, and they did. Gosh, if that is not just a just a stumble into the finish line. Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky uh, caught the turnover bug in that bowl game, and uh, they lost to Stanford and their second-string quarterback. So, uh, see, I think I see the problem is that they had Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback and not Mitch Trubisky. Right. Um, he was now, already in the NFL. Which is, <laughs> I was going to say, it spells bad news for NFL Trubisky, doesn't it? Uh, if Mitchell was the problem, then change your name back to Mitch <laughs> because you're going to see – a whole hell of a lot better defenses at the next level than you just saw playing in the coastal division for five sevenths of your schedule. Hey, they tell me that he's the number one quarterback in the draft, which, Mm. okay. Okay. (laughs) Deshaun Watson's over there flexing in the end zone. (laughs) He's, he's, he's dabbing all, he's dabbing all the way to his, you know, 25 million and, you know, yeah. Boats boats and hose, right? <laughs> <laughs> that NFL lifestyle. You've been watching right. that uh, Ballers on HBO. I was going to say, like, the Fred Smoot love boat. You know? yeah. <laughs> Throw it way back. Man. Uh, worth noting that in three of five losses were the only games where Mitch Trubisky threw interceptions. Uh, he had two interceptions in each of the Virginia Tech, Duke, and Stanford games. All losses. Did not throw another interception the rest of the season. So... Fair to say, and then, I mean, against NC State, he was 60% completion, and against Georgia, he was at 60% completion. So, North Carolina had good Mr. Trubisky, and they had bad Mr. Trubisky, and whichever one showed up dictated basically how their games went. It just turned out that the end of the season saw a whole lot of bad Mr. Trubisky, and that got him three out of four losses to end the year, and that's not good. It did, and, and... Go ahead, sorry. Well, I was going to say, especially when if you start looking at returning production... Um, North Carolina doesn't really have any sense of quarterback experience coming back, so good luck. It's a small problem, and you know, I, Mitch Mitchell, whatever. I think you're <laughs> look, Mitch Trubisky. Sure, he's a nice guy. He's kind of a tool for calling himself Mitchell now, but that's neither <laughs> that's neither here nor there at this point. He was a good quarterback when he wasn't throwing interceptions. That can be said for a lot of quarterbacks. So. Hey, if you want to spend an early-round draft pick on him, be my guest. Browns. Or Man, we are, we are feisty on this one. Yeah. Gear enough for some right. snow and stuff? That's right. I was going to say, that's right, John. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, easy there, Mark. I, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, 2016 seemed like North Carolina's opportunity to be good, and they were good for a while, and then they just stopped being good. And now they look to 2017, and whoo. They're not going to be good. Hey, no. remember what we said about Duke? I think that's going to, like this past year, that's kind of what I think North Carolina might be this year. Yeah, North that, that that steaming crater you see is where North Carolina's football program used to be because it's about to get a little, a little nasty. Um, so, first of all, 2017, they go in. They got to replace their quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. They got to play, replace their top two, top two running backs, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. Excuse me, that's what we're calling him now. 
Uh, they got to replace their top three running backs, Elijah Hood, DJ Logan, and even Chris Francis, who had 15 carries for 49 yards. Who? Uh, yeah. Uh, they got to replace Ryan Switzer, Bug Howard, and uh, Mac Hollins, you know, three of their top four receivers. I'm just looking at the stats here. Austin Prohl, is he gone too? He might be. Um, you know, so basically what we're looking at is a total rebuild from a team that was at its peak just, you know, pretty good, but not like as good as they could have been. They did not meet expectations, I would think it's fair to say. And that just, if it's me, Mike, that doesn't bode well going into 2017. Does not. At all. Um, it Sorry, I. Did you need me to provide more insight, more insight than that? There, I, uh, I don't know how much more there is to say. Uh, yeah, I mean they're replacing their entire offense. Their defense isn't any good. So, it, you know how special teams doing? You know, it's it's yeah. like you're kind of run out of things to say at that point. Um, Gosh. Larry Fedora, Larry Fedora, how's that Baylor job looking? Like, you know, uh, call up Matt Rule, see if you want to get on his staff. Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. So Larry Fedora hung on a couple of years too long if he was actually ever serious about leaving North Carolina. And if he wasn't, well, he's got a hole he needs to dig himself out of because he has no talent returning on offense, no talent returning on defense. He's also got to replace his defensive coordinator that had some positive change too. Gene Chizik's heading out. Yeah, so he's piecing out too. So what do you do here exactly? I'll tell you what you do. You start with home games against Cal and Louisville. And then before the in the first half of your season, you play Georgia Tech and Notre Dame, and maybe even a pretty good Duke team that you couldn't beat last year. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, oh, on the road at Virginia Tech, at Pitt, that's a loss, at mm. NC State, Western Carolina, nobody's safe. Um, $10 tickets, by the way, Western Carolina. <laughs> um, can you find me, can you find me six wins on this 2017 schedule for North Carolina? And I'll real quick... Home against Cal, home against Louisville, at Old Dominion, home against Duke, at Georgia Tech, home against Notre Dame, home against Virginia, at Virginia Tech, home against Miami, at Pittsburgh, home against Western Carolina, at NC State. Are there six wins on there? No. Uh, I kind of don't think so either. Let's see. Uh, how's Cal? Is Cal any good? Like, is Cal going to be any good? Like, what's 2017 Cal looking like? Uh, I think Cal is a lot worse if you have a team that can score points, and there's nothing about 2017 North Carolina that definitively says they can score points at this point. So about what I thought. So they could lose to Cal, they could lose to Louisville, at Old Dominion, no walk in the park, home against Duke, they couldn't beat them last year, at Georgia Tech, they're going to lose, home against Notre Dame, they're going to lose, home against Virginia, they could win that one. Okay, so we have, what do we got, two wins at think, Old Dominion, home against Virginia? I think you're talking about, like, two and five headed into Blacksburg. Okay. Uh, that's a trap game for Virginia Tech. That's a game that Virginia Tech loves to lose because, they're you know, they're playing a team that's inferior. They, they do that once or twice a year. Remember, Joey? Remember? Do you? Do you remember? I I know. I was there. Uh, not, not true. I was not there. But I was there though. <laughs> so that makes one of us that wanted to kill ourselves. <laughs> Miami at home, October twenty eighth. Hey, that's I a loss. A, I lost a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money gambling on that game. So let's just not act like I was having you know a, a day full of roses. But but your team won, right? So this is true. You... It was good. Yeah. 
Miami's a loss, like you said. Yeah, sorry. Uh, at Pitt, probably a loss. Western Carolina, they should win that one. At NC State, that's a toss-up, but you couldn't beat them last year. So I count three wins if we're on the low end. And then the high end, okay, high end for North Carolina. You beat Cal, you beat Old Dominion, you beat Duke, that's three. You beat Virginia, that's four. You beat Western Carolina. That's five. Do we? And then, I mean, we don't know what Pitt is. You might be able to squeak one in there, either that or, like you said, you know, trap game for Virginia Tech or something like that. I mean, you could maybe find a sixth somewhere, but gosh, it really feels like anything more than like seven wins would be a miracle, and seven wins itself might might qualify as a miracle. You figure Larry yes. Fedora is also coaching for. I don't know that you would say Larry Fedora is coaching for his job so much as coaching for a different job. He's coaching for a different job. His job's <laughs> safe, very safe at he, North Carolina. He damn well might have missed his window, though. You better start recruiting Michael Jordan with those Jordan brand uniforms if you're only going to win three games next season. Yeah, Get no 53-year-old Michael Jordan out there to play receiver. <laughs> might be an upgrade. Yeah, split him out wide, man. <laughs> work out, you know, he'll go out there and work up a lather, as the old folk like to say. Yeah. Ew. Um. Anyway. So that's North Carolina. (laughs) Moving on to Pittsburgh. Uh, On that note, we'll leave you with the essence of North Carolina. Yeah, Pittsburgh. uh, Yeah, I don't have anything else in North Carolina, so we can move on here. Uh, The Pittsburgh Panthers, they finished 8-5, and and they were real close to finishing even better than that. Um, You know, kind of a fluky loss at Oklahoma State, last second loss at North Carolina. Uh, tough loss on a Thursday night against Virginia Tech. Um, I mean, a, a tough bowl loss to Northwestern. I mean, Freaking it's really... smoked by Miami. Yeah, yeah, that one was not close. Um, Pittsburgh really ended up being one of the surprises of the 2016 season, not only in the ACC but across the country, is their, their offense pretty early on caught fire. Um, it turns out that Villanova was one of only two teams to hold Pittsburgh under... I think 20 or under 30 points. Um, no, that's not true. But, uh, there were three teams that did so. It was Villanova, Miami, and Northwestern, which one of these things is not like the others. And by the way, it's not Northwestern, it's Miami. Because <laughs> the joke is that the other two teams are bad. But, They're um, bad. And yes. Other than that, though, Pittsburgh scored just a crap load of points. Um, they got one year in Matt Canada, and then he runs off to LSU. Not Can't to mention. there. Yeah, uh, not to mention that they're going to be losing your your boy Nate Peterman, who oh, man. I've heard is actually like a sneaky big prospect in this draft as a quarterback. Well, not, if not you were in a well, if you were in a draft with Mitchell Trubisky, you'd be a big time draft prospect <laughs> too. Right? Um, okay, real Tough quick but on fair. yeah. So real quick on Pittsburgh, you actually picked them to win the Coastal Division, if I'm not mistaken. I did. They were that my, was not. Pick. Yeah, that was not a bad pick. That was one of my few not bad picks. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, they didn't they, win. I mean, they didn't win the coastal, but they, you know, they were pretty good. I mean, they weren't far from it. I mean, they they had again a last second loss at North Carolina and uh, a, a tough you know squeaker against Virginia Tech. Like that's a couple of swing games right there. And I mean, in conference, you start looking at it. I mean, they they have they add the uh, the shocking win of the year over Clemson. 
I mean, I think if you're if you're just figuring that's a loss, like you know, that's a tough one. But with that win, they were real close to actually pulling it off. If I guess if they had beaten Virginia Tech, they would have had the tiebreaker and they would have won the division. That's right. So yeah, they were a win away. Um, yeah, remember when Pat Narduzzi threw that bitch fail on the sideline? How funny <laughs> was that? <laughs> Good times. Man, he really is a bit of a whiner, isn't he? Um, he is. Yeah, this is a really good year for Pittsburgh. Um, like we said, you know, five losses, but only one of them they really just totally get outplayed and, and outclassed. And so that's that's real good for year two under Pat Nardis, if I'm not mistaken. But moving forward again, they got to replace Nate Peterman, the quarterback. They got to replace James Conner, the running back, who heads to the draft after his junior year. Uh, Scott Orndorff, the tight end. They got to replace him. Dantes Ford, wide receiver. They've got some pieces coming back, um, but maybe most importantly is they're losing offensive coordinator Matt Canada, who runs off to LSU. Really the mind behind that that unstoppable machine that was that offense. And so, man, you got to hope that Pat Narduzzi can coach up that defense because they're going to have to be better next year. They are because they should have been better this year, and they weren't, and it costs them a couple games. Uh, you know, you don't give up – five touchdowns to North Carolina or whatever it was. I guess it was four touchdowns and some field goals. Um, you know, you don't give up all those points to Virginia Tech. You don't give up a 51 spot to Miami. You win the Coastal, and you're playing Clemson, the ACC championship, a team that you already beat. So that's how a season can turn. Defense has to be better next year, no question about it. And when you lose all that talent on offense, like you mentioned, um, you know, if you're Pat Narduzzi, you're coming from Michigan State as a defensive coordinator. And I hate to do this, Joey, because we talk about guys like Steve Adazio and the offense he engineered at Florida. And we talk about Pat Narduzzi and his defense at Michigan State. It ends up not mattering quite as much as we think. Uh, it's all about the players you recruit. The scheme is the scheme. Um, the scheme is going to be good at a number of places. It really comes down to whether or not you have the athletes. Pittsburgh needs to get the athletes on defense. They have them in some areas, the secondary especially. Uh, they need to get more physical up front. They had Ewan Price, but that was really it in the front seven that really wreaked a lot of havoc last year. They need to get more physical in the front seven if they really want to take the next step on defense. Yeah, they, they come back 106th in the country in uh, in scoring defense. which Not great no that ain't getting it done um we talked again about returning production and, and in a previous episode we talked about how clemson is 117th in the country what sucks is that pittsburgh's worse that's 123rd mm. whoops uh so that's kind of a little bit of a rebuild and by the way speaking of you know who's 126th north carolina mm-hmm so, yeah, if you just want to know how dire the situation is in terms of, you know, returning people who did things in 2016, it's not there for Pittsburgh either. So uh, no, another rebuild there uh, headed into 2017. Now, as we look at 2017, um, uh, I, I mean, it doesn't really let up a ton. I guess they, they kind of draw a, a decent cross-conference uh, cross game against NC State at home. You know, that could be worse. They start at home against Youngstown State with the uh, oh, man. the fighting Bo Pelinis, um, FCS runners up if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, at, you're not mistaken. Let's go Penguins. Yeah, there it is. Uh, at Penn State, 
home against Oklahoma State, and at Georgia Tech, and then home against Rice to close out September. You could be talking about – I think there's a reasonable chance that you're talking about two and three Pittsburgh headed into October, which not where you want to be. No. Um, I, I think they might lose three in a row there at Penn State, home against Oklahoma State, and at Georgia Tech. Um, that's, that's a doozy. On, that's a doozy on September 30th against Rice. That's a <laughs> man. Careful of that one. Hey, I will be. Uh, I will be traveling to this game with my new hometown Rice Owls from the uh, Greater Houston area. Oh yeah. So, greater Houston. They're just you know the medical center, or whatever. It's not far, but. Uh, at the risk of talking any more about Houston geography, uh, at Syracuse, home against NC State, at Duke, home against Virginia, home against North Carolina, at Virginia Tech versus Miami at home. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what the ceiling is here. So the, th- the, the weird thing here is that it seems like it's loaded kind of at the front and kind of at the end. And, well, I don't know. I guess it's kind of dispersed throughout in, in difficulty in terms of, you know, I got Syracuse and NC State kind of in the middle. Um, I'm trying to figure out, like, what the ceiling is. I mean, this is like a – probably like a seven-win kind of campaign, yeah? Uh, yeah. I mean, okay, so this is this is interesting because you and I are discussing, you know – North Carolina and how it's going to be a lot of turnover on both sides of the ball and their defense is really bad. I mean, so is Pittsburgh's. Like, these are two very similar programs here in transition. Um, ultimately, yeah. though, I mean, I it's, it's tough, though, because, you know, you look at Pitt's schedule. I mean, they're playing Youngstown State and Rice. At Syracuse, at Duke, home against Virginia. I mean, Pitt should win those games. Right? Mm, let's see. You said Youngstown State, Rice, at Syracuse, Duke, and Virginia? Yeah, and that puts you at five, right? Gosh. I don't... You know, now that you kind of point that out, that they're, they're basically in that same exact situation and – I guess I kind of pointed that out a minute ago, and it just never really registered with me. But now that you kind of put it that way, um, I yeah, I kind of don't know what I would like about Pitt here. Just because the the other thing too is that even though you know, f- first of all, Pittsburgh is 105th in the country in returning production just on offense, but they're also returning a different scheme entirely. Um, you know what Matt Canada ran was pretty unique, and I don't know that they necessarily would be continuing that that was so effective and so i mean it it, you know if if the defense doesn't get any better i don't know if they can score with syracuse i mean duke might be better too those are both road games like i don't know hmm i have to think about that some more let's just call north carolina and pittsburgh both six and six teams and we'll just (laughs) cut our losses they might be playing for a 6-6 uh, six and six record in late November. On oh, Thursday my God. Night. Yeah. Count me out for that one. How did that get put as the Week 10 or Week 11 or whatever Thursday, November 9th is? That's a Thursday night game on ESPN. Like, it's two of the best teams in the ACC. What's the chances they get moved to like ESPN 2 and like a MAC game gets on the ESPN? I pray to God nobody took me serious there. And mm-hmm. the MAC game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's get some sweet MAC action. 
Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this might... I mean, it's just going to totally depend on what they can do developmentally, but I don't know. Yeah, this might be a, a bit of an ugly one for Pittsburgh now that I think about it. Um, I think you, you got it right. You know, losing a lot of talent on defense that wasn't really even that great to begin with. Um, this could be a, this could be a little rough. Uh, I might be right, but I also might be wrong. So maybe oh, both of it. these are. <laughs> That's right. You do doubt it. Blind <laughs> blind squirrel finds a nut, or blind nut finds a squirrel. My personal favorite. Mm. That's uh, a good way of putting it. Yes, NC State. Is that kind of like killing two stones with one bird? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, let's let's call it six and six and get the hell out of here. Okay. Okay. NC State, as you said. Uh, oh man, NC State. Twenty sixteen started off pretty good, got pretty rough in the middle, and then finished pretty strong. They almost lost to Notre Dame. They did almost lose to Notre Dame. That would have been shameful. Um, they yeah, so they start out four and one. They they were three and one, and they were with Notre Dame coming to town as long as a or as well as a a monsoon coming to town. Notre Dame and Santa Claus was also coming to town. <laughs> yes, uh, a couple months after that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Notre Dame tries to throw the ball fifty times in a hurricane. Which sure you get what uh, you deserve. <laughs> Yeah, you deserve everything that happens to you at that point. Uh, Notre Dame went four and eight. So daily reminder. Gosh, damn it, Notre Dame. Um, yeah, so that happens. Uh, so they end up four and one after Notre Dame. Then they go on the road to Clemson. They go on the road to Louisville. Home against Boston College. Home against Florida State. All losses. A couple of them shockingly close to wins, though. Twenty four seventeen at Clemson in overtime. That was just a near miss. That. As we mentioned before, could have totally turned the season on its head. A, uh, a 21-14 near miss to Boston College that, come on, NC State. It they wouldn't have been t- bowl it, eligible. It takes talent, quite frankly, to lose to Boston College. Yeah. Gosh. I don't know that – I don't, I still know that Dan Rubin could even understand, even understand and explain that one at this point. Uh, and then, a again – for some reason, whenever Florida State goes to Raleigh, it, it gets a little weird. And it was a four-point Saturday night win for Florida State, 24-20, to real close, closer than it should have been. The Wolfpack close out 35-20 winners at Syracuse, 28-21 winners at North Carolina, and then a big bowl win over Vanderbilt, 41-17. So they win three out of four to close out. Of course, a two-touchdown loss against Miami in the meantime. But... Um, for a team that was four and five, uh, you know, after the Florida State loss, they finished seven and six, and, and you can't really complain about that if you're a Wolfpack fan. I was surprised if there was one game I was most surprised about outside of Boston College and beating North Carolina, it would be beating Vanderbilt forty-one to seventeen in the Camping World Independence Bowl, which is really like a poor man's Bass Pro Shops. And they beat them by three touchdowns, and it made no sense. I, that Vanderbilt's was a route. Not, yeah, and Vanderbilt's not that great of a football team. I get it, but neither is NC State. And NC State took them to the woodshed, and that really surprised me in that bowl game. In retrospect, you know what the worst, worst loss in the schedule was? Maybe even worse than the Boston College loss? East Carolina. East Carolina. 
That win put East Carolina at 2-0, and they finished at 3-9. So you, you done messed up on that one, NC State, because good grief. Um, that, that, that was regrettable. But, um, yeah, finished at 7-6. Seemed to finish the season with a lot of momentum. Um, I think a lot of people generally are, are really intrigued to see what they can do in 2017. I, I've seen them as, like, a fringe, like, top 25 team, even on some early top 25 lists, which seems bold out of touch maybe <laughs> i think that's probably a good word or a good phrase for it what do you um, what do you think of uh real quick what do you think of ryan finley uh is it bad to say that i don't think of ryan finley <laughs> i <laughs> is it bad to say that i had to look up who nc state's quarterback was to remind myself like no that, no? no no that's about right um no, okay, so you look at Ryan Finley, right? He looks like he has the tools. He shows he's glimpses. He's still growing, still he's learning. Young. He's young. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, is he going to be, like, noticeable? Mm. Let's see. Best game that Ryan Finley had throwing the ball? Probably... Notre mm. Dame, for sure. Notre Dame game. Monsoon, yeah. absolutely, 100%. Yeah, where he threw a much more responsible 12 passes. Um, well, let's say that, first of all, Ryan Finley ended on a on a highlight with three touchdown passes against Vanderbilt. Yes, he looked good in the ballgame. Um, highest point of completion percentage, 85.7% against Old Dominion. That, that won't really count. So let's say uh, against ACC opponents was a real nice... Uh, 69% completion percentage against Syracuse. Real nice. 20 for 29, 340, and a touchdown, no picks. So, without the scoring numbers, I mean, that's kind of where things topped out. If you get that from him every day, you're perfectly happy with that. So, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's realistically what he is on a week-in, week-out basis, but, I mean, not to say that he can't approach that, so... I, th- I would imagine that NC State has bigger problems than the quarterback position. Is that I, fair? I a thousand percent agree. Okay. Yeah, the biggest problem going into 2017 is going to be replacing Matt Days, who really became yeah. the, the workhorse, you know, 249 carries for 1,166 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, he was given the ball 19 times a game. That is that is a lot. Um, you know, this he was is the workhorse. That, yeah, they, they, they worked through him on that offense, so... Um, he had 250 rushing attempts. Ryan Finley attempted 402 passes. If that gives you any indication of the kind of, uh, of balance that they were going for, um, overall the team had 500 rushing attempts, so a little more run heavy than pass heavy. But, um, yeah, I think, I think NC State in retrospect was actually like one of the sneaky better teams in the country. You know, the record didn't really reflect it at all, but... In a lot of the metrics in terms of offense and defensive numbers and all this, like they they ended better than a team that was you know ranked seven and six or that, that finished seven and six. You know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. Curious to see. So, twenty seventeen, home against South Carolina, home against Marshall, home against Furman, on the road at Florida State. That's a great first road trip. Uh, home against Syracuse, <laughs> yeah. home against Louisville. So, the first six games, five of them are at home. And so, as you can imagine, then the next five games, four of them on the road. At Pitt, at Notre Dame, home against Clemson, at Boston College, at Wake Forest, home against North Carolina to end the year. 
their Thursday night game on October 5th, they host Louisville. That, dude, Raleigh on Thursday nights, it can get kind of funky. Yeah, so, okay, so NC State, low-key, really good fan base mm-hmm. also. Yeah, like, that's, a, that's a tough place to play in the right environment, so... Um, they only get the right environment like once every three or four years, but when you get the right environment there, it's popping. And that's not me shitting on NC State fans. That's like they legitimately, I mean, they get good crowds at their games, most games. But you, I'm talking like sellout, sellout. That's Man. that's a that's a big reason that like Raleigh is like the Bermuda Triangle for Florida State. Like for some <laughs> reason, Florida State's kryptonite is under the field in Raleigh, and that's where they either get beat or damn near get beat every time. So. Um, yeah, Carter Finley Stadium can be really, really pretty hot. It, uh, you know, given the right crowd and situation and all that. So um, that's that's a that's one to keep an eye out for. I, I think Mike. Fair to say that I think if if all holds true to what we expect right now, um, ticket prices are probably not going up for the Boston College game. That is nine seventy eight for three dollars. Hey. Uh, hey, Joey, I'll meet you at the BC game for three bucks. <laughs> My beer is more expensive. I was going to say, <laughs> gosh. I went to happy hour and my beer was still more expensive. When your tickets are like not even like a third of the price of what it costs to enjoy the game there, like good grief. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I got to pay like nine bucks to really get my money's worth. Yeah. Okay, so on the real, though, if, if NC State is what we expect of them, I think they're squarely in position to take back their throne as the uh, number four team in the Atlantic. Small chance that they could, again, beat Louisville at home on a Thursday night and maybe jump up and, you know, into that third spot. But I think NC State's probably in a good place going into uh, 2017. It's, 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 we're yet to see if that road trip to Notre Dame is a tough game, but... Um, you know that might be the swing between like a nine and three type potential finish, and you know if you stumble somewhere else, maybe a, a seven and five. My guess is Notre Dame should be better, so my assumption is that that would be a harder game, harder game. It's never an easy road trip. Uh, no, I mean, no, I mean going to South Bend is not easy. Don't um, tell Duke that. Yeah. Uh, or Virginia Tech, or uh, I don't know. Multiple other teams I mean, probably Nord- do it Yeah, this I year. mean, Notre Dame, Notre Dame lost eight times. So, I mean, there's six other options, probably two or three of which were likely at home. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Notre Dame could be a swing game for sure. NC State, I mean, South Carolina, tough game to open the year. They could win that game, though. Marshall, Furman, you probably beat Syracuse. Pitt's a toss-up, probably lose to Louisville. Notre Dame's a toss-up at this point, just because we don't really know. Clemson's probably a loss, even though it's at home. They got at BC, at Wake Forest, and home against UNC. They could win all three of those games. So, NC State's a seven-win team. Again, does that get Dave Doran fired, by the way? <laughs> I was going to say, you sound very hesitant saying NC State's a seven-win team. Um, yeah. That should kind of roll off the tongue at this point. No. Yeah, I know. The bar, I know, right? The bar has been set. So, That's right. Yeah. So, does that cut it if 
you're Dave Doran? Like, does that... I mean, not if you're Dave Doran. If you're, like, K. Yao, the athletic director. I don't do know. You, do you fire Dave Doran if he goes 7-6 and six again? And say he wins a bowl game. Say he wins the, you know... So we're saying he wins a bowl game to go seven and six, or wins a bowl game to go like eight and five. Like eight and five, they probably keeps his job at eight and five, I would think. Yeah, I don't but know. I, mean, I guess it, it just kind of depends. Like on some level, like as a as a college football administrator, it's kind of dumb to fire a coach that's winning seven eight games a year, especially at a, at a program that's not Florida State or Alabama or you know one of these blue blood type programs, but. I mean, I, I don't think it's wild to suggest that maybe they could be better than this. So, you know, on some level, sure. You know, I, I guess it makes sense. But I don't know. I, I'm curious to see. But we might find out. <laughs> we will find out. We will find out. Yeah, I, I'm going to – you know what, NC State, as much as I uh, like to just, you know, dump all over you at times, I'm going over seven and a half wins this year. I have faith. That's bold. You're going to make a fool of me, aren't you? They um, are. Yeah. NC State, let's go 8-4. and four. Famous Let's go ones. Wolfpack. <laughs> go Wolfpack. Syracuse? 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 Syracuse. That's, yeah. One word Syracuse. question. Uh, Syracuse in 2016, year one under Dino Babers, and I think as much as any first year coach we've seen there were some reasonably high peaks and reasonably low valleys um you know getting shut out by Clemson is look I realize that they're Clemson but you didn't get a field goal and you're you know do anything I mean they dealt with some injuries Eric Dungy had some uh, some injury problems um they go four and eight they they beat Colgate UConn Virginia Tech and Boston College one of these things is not like the others. Um, super I mean, some weird. Some of the teams suck there. Yeah, super weird mid-October win at home over Virginia Tech. That got uh, that got uh, Mr. Babers all fired up in the locker room afterwards. It got, yeah, believe it or not, it got Mr. McDaniel fired up as well. Um, <laughs> a different kind of different kind of fired up. <laughs> That's fair. Um, they scored sixty-one points on an awful pit defense, and they lost by two touchdowns. Um, <laughs> For what that's worth. Uh, oh, man. I mean, Syracuse had worse losses than the basketball schedule, right? I mean, This is this is true. Um, they Was it Syracuse, Mike, that got uh, Brian Van Gorder fired at Notre Dame? Uh, yes, because I was at that game. He was fired two days later. Yep. Yeah, they scored 33 points on Notre Dame at MetLife Field. And they they uh, did, and they were, there were four touchdowns scored in the first f- six minutes of that game combined oh, th- between the two teams. Oh, I thought it was like two and a half minutes like it was just up and down the field immediately yeah um, might have been there were 46 no 36 points in the first quarter of that game yes not bad um you lost by two touchdowns 17 really so even more than that but uh yeah so i mean some ups and some downs you know a couple of, of surprising games in retrospect you know big loss to louisville big loss to usf not that big of a deal i mean those are good good teams Blowout loss to Clemson is one thing. You'd hate to get shut out. NC State, you know, was, again, pretty good. Florida State, real good. So it was. they took their lumps. They recruited okay. As we mentioned in a previous podcast, they probably could have and should have done a little better. But ultimately, I think it was a fine first year under Dino Babers. Is that fair? 
It's fine. You know, if Eric Dungey doesn't get hurt, they might push for five or six wins. So I think that's fair. Right? I mean, that NC State game, you're not playing with Eric Dungey. The Pitt game, you put up 61 without Eric Dungey. Zach that's Mahoney's best. your quarterback, you know? I mean, Zach Mahoney's not bad, but he's not Eric Dungey. And Eric Dungey's not bad, but he's no he's no Mitch Trubisky. I'll tell you. Wasn't Zach Mahoney uh, one of the characters from Disney's Recess? <laughs> maybe, maybe both. Oh man. Uh, okay, 2017 for Syracuse. Uh, three straight, you know, games that they should be able to win to start the year. Home against Central Connecticut State, which that's a new one. I haven't heard of them before. Uh, home against Middle Tennessee State. Usually a pretty good program. Win your home game, Syracuse. Uh, home against. Central oh wait, Michigan. sorry, I don't mean to cut you. Off. Central Connecticut State. We just gotta. I we kind of glossed over that. They're mm-hmm. uh, so they're a school. I I learned that literally right now. Good <laughs> good for them. Okay, continue. Sorry, I never heard of that, but it turns out they played twelve games last year and they lost ten of them in the FCS. So you're saying there's a chance? I uh, I think Syracuse might beat that team. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it depends on Eric Dungey. You know. <laughs> depends on uh, on how well Zach Mahoney does with his air guitar or whatever over, he's doing. Uh, over, over, under, you're a bastard. Over, under, <laughs> over, under 55 points for Syracuse in that game. I'm going over. Over, yeah. He's yeah. going to try and score 100. Yeah, an easy over. And Central Connecticut State is not scoring 20, I don't think. You don't think Central Connecticut State could put up 28 points on the Syracuse defense? Uh, I didn't even know they had 20 people or 20 players. Or They might not. <laughs> yeah, they I can't might definitively not. say that they do. It's, so. like a high, it's, like, it's like a high school team. you got guys playing both sides of the ball. Yeah. Somebody gets hurt, you dress up the water boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here comes Adam I, Sandler. I work down here in South Texas, and there are like these team photos of football teams that have like Literally, like, 19 players on them. Like, that's how I picture Central Connecticut State. Um, yeah, Central Connecticut, Middle Tennessee, Central Michigan to start the year, and then, oh, just a casual little road trip to LSU. That's fine. Um, that's a loss. 3-1 and one, uh, at NC State might be a swing game for them. Home against Pittsburgh, they could win that game. I mean, that's a home game against a rebuilding Pitt team. Home against Clemson, probably a loss. At Miami, probably a loss. At Florida State, probably a loss. Home against Wake Forest at Louisville, home against Boston College. Um, I mean, it's not wild to think that Syracuse could get to, like, seven wins on this schedule. Uh, no, I mean, I thought they could do it last year. But that Central Connecticut State game could prove pivotal, <laughs> I think. Damn wow, tickets all. are $19. You could go to the Pitt, what was it, Pitt, B.C.? E- NC State, B.C.? Uh, NC State, B.C., yeah. NC State, B.C. for... Cheaper than you could go to Syracuse and Central Connecticut State. So let that sink in. What a time to be alive. Go uh, what appears to be a raider of some sort. Or so, devils. Yeah, the Blue, the blue devil? Devils. The Blue Devils. Oh, they're the Blue Devils. Uh, the Central Connecticut State Blue Devils. Better Everybody, or worse than favorites. the Duke? Yeah, better or worse than the Duke Blue Devils. That's the real kicker. They even have a Twitter account. Wow. That's how you know they're real. I, yeah. Do yeah. they have a Facebook page though, like we do? 
Can Central Connecticut State be like the honorary mascot of this podcast? Yeah. Is it? Are we allowed to make a full team as a mascot? <laughs> uh, welcome to the Central Connecticut State Basketball Conference podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by the Blue Devils. Um, yeah. Now, worth mentioning, Syracuse. 17th in the country in returning production and first in the country in returning offensive production from an offense that wasn't that bad to begin with. So if you're looking for a team that might just start dropping like 60 on about everybody, Syracuse might not be a bad place to start. They got to play some pretty good defenses, but the pieces are there. But I don't know. Yeah, let's call it a, let's call it seven and five. I'm going to feel optimistic. Okay, that's one win better than six and six. Yes. Yes, uh, by my count. Yeah. <laughs> by the math. Uh, yeah, let's go seven and five. I'm riding with Syracuse. I'm with you. You'll be we're one going, win better than North Carolina. And we're going now to my favorite team in the entire ACC. Your Virginia Cavaliers. Yes. Are you, cl- are you claiming them or? Uh, no. I mean, realistically... During football season, I don't know that anybody in this conference wants to claim Virginia. Uh, not, not even Bronco Mendenhall at this not, point. Yeah, not even. Uh, yeah, two and ten finish for Virginia. It was ugly. Three straight losses to start the year, including a gnarly road loss at UConn. Let's um, go Huskies. Yeah, go Huskies. Uh, Central Michigan was a win, and then a win at Duke. Made no sense. And. Then it Ooh. was just a whole bunch of losses to Pitt, North Carolina, Louisville, Wake Forest, Miami, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. Those so, Wahoos out there taking those L's. Joey. Yeah, that, that wasn't good. No. Um, was not pretty. Now, they did put a scare into Louisville, and they did put a scare into Wake Forest. Um, and they even uh, put a little bit of a scare into FCS Richmond at one point in the season. And, um, yeah. That, then Richmond blew them out of the stadium. Yes. Yeah, thirty-seven to twenty, Richmond, the Spiders. Who, in in fairness, not a bad FCS program, but come on, Virginia be and, cool. And in fairness, Virginia not a good FBS program. No, no. And in a first-year head coach and the whole thing, yeah. So Virginia, uh, yeah. We so we we talked about this going into the year, right? Was that Bronco Mendenhall, first-year coach, coming in after a, a long, reasonably successful tenure at BYU? Kind of a weird fit. Bit of a weird hire, not necessarily mean you know meaning that it's not going to work, but it was like the thing that that Bronco Mendenhall was going to do was, I mean, he was trying to trying to make a steak dinner with like Taco Bell meat. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't going to work. Um, he didn't have the right personnel to do what he seemed to like to do, and that that showed. Um, they they were not very good. Now coming back into 2017, they do return a lot of their production. They're 25th in the country in returning production. And uh, tied for first on offense with um, – actually, that's that's a lie. They're tied for 62nd on offense. But you so, were close. They were almost tied for first. Yeah. So. We almost had a moment there. Um, they're eighth on defense in uh, returning production is what I should be saying. So um, not bad, but, you know, uh, you know, Bronco Mendenhall's got a little bit of a project here. And as we've mentioned before, there, there's some sort of a chance that – He's not there for very long, and they found the wrong guy, and you move on and go do something else. Is that kind of yeah. your expectation? Or? Right, and he'll go back out to BYU, and they'll rehire Mike London from the Howard Bison. How's that working out for Howard? Uh, 
London's been there about 15 minutes, so I'm not really sure yet. I bet I bet Mike London has already got a four star to Howard, and will Quinn not Blanding. develop him. Quinn Blanding, right? Will not develop him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well not. Yeah. Quinn Blanding, hell of a football player, by the way. Yeah, he is a ball player, um, and that's not a joke. Uh, no, I, no, he's like seriously good at his job, or what's yeah. about to be his job. He was second on the team in tackles, though, to none other Mike, than Mike Kaiser. Uh, Kaiser, right? Yep, that's right. The two of them combined for 254 tackles, which is a lot. They were lining up two on eleven, basically. I mean, <laughs> let's call let's call it what it is, right? Yeah, that's um, probably a good way of putting it. Um, Virginia in 2017, home against William & Mary, home against Indiana, home against UConn. If this is like a competent football program, they could probably go 3-0 across that stretch. In reality, it might be... There's some small chance that you're talking about 0-3, because William & Mary is not a total garbage program either, Um, unless I'm thinking of the wrong William & Mary, Mike. Uh, no. You're from that area, you would know. I am. They uh, play for Jimmy Laycock. Just gonna leave that one right there. Uh, <laughs> I would. I would. All right. That's. <laughs> I would. Then they close out September with a Friday night game on the road on the blue turf of Boise, Idaho, against the Boise State Broncos, in what is almost a surefire loss. So yes, we're probably at this point talking about one and three Virginia going into ACC play. So this will end well. Uh, home against Duke at North Wait, Carolina. Wait, uh, before you continue, by the way, it, it's not going to end well. So No, 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 no. That, okay. So that's not that's ahead. not what I meant by that at all. Yeah. I, it was it was sarcastic. Uh, this is going to end very poorly. Uh, home against Duke at North Carolina. Home against Boston College at Pitt. Home against Georgia Tech at Louisville at Miami. Home against Virginia Tech. Uh, I think, honestly, maybe the most likely win on here is home against Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech can't play for anything in Charlottesville. Right. Except I think they've won two of their last three there. So even then, you might not win that. But you and I can go to South Beach in late November for 8 bucks to see them play Miami. This is true. We can stay eight. with Cam, have some brews. I will make sure to give him all sorts of grief about the $8 tickets we bought to a Miami football game. Right. No shortage yeah. of grief there. Because they're back, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it is it a football season? <laughs> then the use back. It's just like the first law of physics in college football. We're going all the way this year. We're going to beat Florida State. Yeah. Uh, sure. The So the good news is that Virginia only has to replace their top two rushers. Um, they bring back almost 100 rushing yards from last year's team, and that's if you don't count all the negative yards from Matt Johns and Nick Conti, the punter, and Connor Brewer, the other quarterback. Uh Kurt Benkert is coming back, I believe, unless he elected to enter the NFL draft early, which I feel decent taking my chances saying he's coming back. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, – I, I don't know. I mean, he got the same draft grade as Mitch Trubisky, I heard. <laughs> and, which uh, is way worse than Mitchell Trubisky got. Right. That's right. Which is why I had to change his name. That's how I those never, things – I will never be used to that. That's um, how those things work. Well, you're not going to have to worry about it because you're not going to be calling his name that much because he's going to be sitting third string somewhere. Fair. I'm going to be really regretting this, though, if he's not third string, if he ends up being very good. Uh, I will I will happily eat my words if that ends up being the case. Me too. Seems like a good guy. 
Except when he started calling, since we started calling himself Mitchell. Can we call him like the artist formerly known as Mitch Trubisky? That's cool with me, dude. Give him the whole Prince treatment. Um, yeah, so basically what we're looking at next year is a Virginia offense without Smoke Mizell. So that should be a, a whole party on its own. Um, so there goes your six points per game. Now what? Uh, I'm Kurt thinking. Bankert. I'm thinking best case is like. Four wins on this schedule. They won two last year. You think they're going to be better? I said best case. Absolute, like, you know, like a couple of teams, like, forget to make a trip or something like that. Like, you win by default, you maybe get four wins out of this. Uh, I don't think they win. I don't think they win a game. Well, that's that's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. You think they're going to topple William and Mary? You making some bold picks here? The William and Mary game is not going to be easy. Yeah, no. On the real though, that's that's not like a free square. Um, no, uh, there's not a free <laughs> Virginia Cavaliers football. There is no free square. <laughs> there is no free square. Team motto: Virginia Cavaliers, no <laughs> free squares. Motto. Team motto. I, Pl- I wish I was. I wish I was still coaching the Mormons. Yeah. Put that like, up in the locker room. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bronco Mendenhall is like, oh my god, <laughs> what I get myself into. Oh, man. Gosh, Mike, I don't know who they're going to beat on the schedule. This is going to be bad. Um, oh, my, oh, my God. Boise State is charging $130 for their game against Virginia. That's the most expensive game on the Virginia schedule. There's only 18 <laughs> tickets available. That's insane. We better jump on that now, huh? The Broncos are already selling those out. Yeah, so get them while they're hot. They are, they're still available, but not for long. Um, That'll be God, a blowout. Yeah. That will be such a blowout. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually cap this at three and nine, and it might be worse. Uh, William and Mary, UConn, Boston College. Boston College might be kind of bad next year. Uh, I mean, okay. <laughs> I you know I can't I mean what am I gonna say Yeah, BC. I mean, I think BC sucks now. True. Right? True. I mean, I'm trying to find how much production they return. I've kind of forgotten about that. Who, Boston College? Yeah. We did their recap a while back. Man, that yeah. was... Yeah. I feel like, I mean, they're losing... Mm, let's see. They're losing they Patrick are... Tolles. Yeah, they're losing Patrick Tolles. Uh, 42nd in the country is BC. So, from a reasonably bad team, they bring back some people mm. you know but i'm really i'm really just stretching for a third win here i'm, I'm either that or maybe duke even though duke's gonna be better and oh, probably want revenge yeah uh, no duke's not gonna lose to virginia all right book I'm it going, I'm, I'm going i'm going over we? over two and a half virginia wins mm, i'll take the under i think maybe okay uh let's circle back closer to the season i don't i mean this is like just not a good i i just hate them so much i don't know what you know i just that's what boils down to this is a really like like non-entertaining football team i just you know i hope you know you got something else to do with your saturday like (laughs) like you're gonna watch paint dry you're gonna like do literally anything yeah. Uh, 
Fine. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it your way. Two and two and ten, Virginia. Fine. Let's go, Wahoos. <laughs> Good God. I'm, I'm surprised that you would like get caught dead saying that. I just. God, there are whatever makes for more entertaining football the weekend after Thanksgiving. Literally, anything that makes for more entertaining football the week after Thanksgiving. Literally anything. <laughs> like, I've gone to my fair share of Virginia Tech and Virginia games. I don't want to go to another one ever. I never want to go to another. Fo- I never want to go to another one. I just don't. It's not even fun. It's, it's a rivalry game, but it's a made-up rivalry. It's not a rivalry if the other team sucks. They suck. They never beat. They never beat Virginia Tech. They're not going to do it next year. Virginia Tech could roll out their third stringers and still beat UVA by two touchdowns. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, <laughs> find me someone that disagrees. That's the bigger challenge for you, Joey, between now and the next podcast. Find someone who disagrees. Virginia Tech dresses. Find them on Twitter at Mike McDaniel ACC if you're listening to this, Virginia fans. Yeah. Yeah. And then defend your stance. What are you going to say? Oh, we're returning a bunch of starters. Yeah, you went 2 and 10. You went 2 and 10. They're going to say something they're going to say something about like the basketball team because of the basketball conference podcast, but that's not that's not what we talk about. Yeah, they're basketball yeah, they're basketball Sorry. team that lost 6 out of 8, it's barely a 5 seed and could lose in the first round of the basketball tournament. That's the team they're going to talk about. Mm. Interesting. Ouch. At least they have baseball. Like, there's always another sport they refer to that they're not very good at. For, uh, their baseball team's damn good, though, and their basketball team's pretty good. But We're talking about unwatchables, Virginia's basketball oh, team. My, my goodness. God. My yeah, goodness. they hold you to, like, 40 points a game. Yeah, but my high school team scores more. Like, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, God. Watching watching them just try to score is, is a whole uh, lesson in torture, but... All right. Put the, We're talking about other sports. Well, we should probably well, get no, out of here. Well, no, one more thing. You can put their <laughs> basketball team on their on offense for their football team and that would be better. Literally basically anything would be better. I mean, hell, they don't even have Smoke Myzel to go back to now. So at this point, good lord. That's What what else is there? Ah, <laughs> oh, they're just really bad. That's what it's going to come down yeah. to. All right. They're bad. Sorry about it, Virginia. Bad football team. Yeah, good luck, Bronco Mendenhall. You're gonna need I hate it. your school too. <laughs> Such honesty here in the good old fashioned basketball conference podcast. Uh, all right, Mike, are we uh, are we done here, or we got you know? Do we, ugh, I'm so downtrodden now after talking about Virginia. We should have ended on a high note. Can we end on a high note? Uh, How do we end on a high uh, note? We go see them play against Miami on November 18th for eight bucks and drink beers with Cam. <laughs> there you go. When the beers are literally more expensive than the tickets. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm down. Okay. That'll be fun. Good little cool. trip. Roadie. The road show. Road show. Oh, we can do a road show with Cam. Mm-hmm. I like that. We can do it from the stands and just live interview Miami fans at a football oh, game. Man. That would that would be the a road party. show. Mm, that's a good idea. We'll have to put that one in the uh, in the uh, in the bank of ideas that we're definitely making. Yeah, idea bank. That's right. That's a, that's a better name. Rolls off the tongue. Um, all right. I think we're done here. Fair? Uh, yeah. Let's please. <laughs> save let's save, me, save, me from, uh, save me from talking about Virginia. Please. All right. Deal. Well, 
that wraps up our uh, our season recaps. Um, so we appreciate you guys sticking with us here into March as we uh, recap the 2016 season that ended like two and a half months ago. So um, if you guys have thoughts about anything we've said here, uh, you can reach us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can also send us an email with your steaming hot takes or your feedback or your feelings or whatever. You know, if you really lament being a Virginia football fan, we would love to share with you in that regret. You can send those things to the longest email address known to man, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. You nailed it. I thought that was okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. It was um, okay. Yes. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Google Play. And uh, Mike, tell us where they can theoretically find us. On now. Facebook. We are uh, hypothetically on Facebook. We record this before actually making the Facebook, but uh, trying to pressure ourselves into making it. So hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we have made it, and you can find us there. So please go do so and like us, and then you can like subscribe and review and do all those neat things. And those other. But also platforms. don't get your hopes up, because it might not be there. There, there is a very much a non-zero chance that we don't have a Facebook by the time you're listening to this. So if that's the case, don't blame us. It's uh, actually you know, technical difficulties. Yeah, just blame yourself, actually. It's your fault. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah. You, you know, we all, we all have a piece of this podcast, even the listeners. Sure. So let them take some responsibility sometimes. Um, gosh, we got to get out of here. This is bad. Okay. Uh, Mike, this has been fun or something. Uh, we will come back and do this again sometime soon. All right, Joey. You sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if, they're still, sure. if they're still listening to us. I'm sure. Oh my god. I hate Virginia. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad we're through I'm glad we're through that portion of the podcast. Uh, I never I just can't talk about Virginia football anymore. Tomorrow will be a brighter day. Okay, well until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Go ACC. Go ACC.